0: Amen. Amen. Great singing. I can hear your voices. Oh, awesome. You may have a seat. Thank you, worship team. You know, I was thinking and praying about what I might share tonight. So many times this season runs past us, and the buildup is there, and the shopping, and the decorating, and then all of a sudden it happens, and it's over. And I want to encourage us tonight to do a little bit more pondering musing, reflecting, considering these things. And uh, so let me pray, and then I'll just share some of the, the ponderings of my heart uh, this, this Christmas season. Lord, as we now consider your word and the words of some of these songs that we have just finished singing, I pray, Lord, that you would just open our eyes to your glory anew. Help us to Delight in the words that we employ to praise you. Help us never to mindlessly sing them, but to enter into them fully from the heart and praise you and worship you and adore you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Noel, 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 born as the king of Israel. What does that mean? What does it mean? Noel. Okay, now I know some of you know this, but I know many of you are right now having a moment like Google. Okay, get your phone and Google. What does Noel mean? Well, Noel is an old word. It's, It's a word that used to mean a lot more to a lot more people, but we've just carried the language forward in our tradition, and many times we don't always really know what those words mean, do we? Noel is a word that refers to birth. It's, it's the birth. Uh, the first Noel, the angels did sing, right? Uh, it was the birth of Christ in view. And so we sing, praise God for the birth. We're singing the Luke 2 passage, right? We're, we're making much of his birth, his arrival. You ever catch yourself wondering what words mean? I had, uh, where are you, down here? yes. Steve, man, he nailed me the other day. He came up after the service and he said, hey, I just have one question for you, Pastor. Um, Hosanna. What does that mean again? And yeah, I blanked. I'm like, I should know this, but I cannot remember. I am so sorry. So I ran home and then I found it. It means come, save, right? Save, come, save. And so we cry Hosanna with all of those who have anticipated a Messiah. These words that we use in our worship, in our adoration of the Lord, need to be meaningful to us. And yet, so often, tradition will kind of happen, and we'll sing songs, and we'll, we'll be cruising along, and then we'll be like, okay, what does that mean? I, what does that actually mean? How about this one? Glory. I count these, okay? Gloria. In excelsis Deo. What does that mean? Well, we've got a sense of this, right? Gloria, that's the word, glory. And Deo, we're at least familiar enough with our Latin to know that that means God, Deo. What about in excelsis? This is is the phrase, Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest. This is the song of the angels, right? That they sang, the multitudes spoke these words to the shepherds. And so it's good that we sing them, but not mindlessly so. We should know these words, and if we don't, we should Google them so that we know them and they're meaningful when we sing them. Maybe the most difficult one is our opener tonight. God rest ye merry gentlemen. What does that mean? God rest, okay, these guys need some rest, and they're merry gentlemen. Have they had too much to drink? I don't know. I mean, is that what it means? No, it does not mean that, okay? This is archaic language that in our day means something quite different than it did in that day. God rest is, the the word rest there is not about sleeping or renewal. It's about uh, holding strengthening may God hold or strengthen okay may God hold or strengthen ye well that means you right that's not hard and then merry gentlemen merry is not the word like merry Christmas that we would use it has much deeper rooting a lot more strength to it it has in view more of a joy right And gentlemen, that would be those in view, those who are being addressed. So if we put it all together, this is what this means. May God strengthen and hold your joy, gentlemen. Wow. And then you understand the rest of the song. Let nothing you dismay. Don't be dismayed. Don't let anything dismay you. Why? Well, because Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day. Oh, tidings of what? Of comfort and joy. Don't let anything sway you. May God hold and strengthen your joy in Him through Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing. This comes out of, I think, the angelic visit. Fear not to the shepherds. I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all people. That's a sum up of God rest you, merry gentlemen. Now, the rest of the songs that we sing, I encourage you to take home for your family gatherings and find out what you're singing because sometimes we can have this, this uh, you know, question mark what did we actually sing tonight? It's really important to know that. The song I'd like to consider is the one we just sang. It's a lot easier to get, it's, it's not that obscure. However, The words go by quickly, and sometimes it's good to just slow them down and sit there and ponder. What what is this that we say and we sing? Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. We adore thee. Hmm. The question begs, what is adoration? What does it mean to adore someone? In reference to God... What are we saying here? We adore you, God. Well, here's my stab at a definition here. This is what I would suggest. Uh, Adoration is the heartfelt expression of love and worship in response to the witness of worthiness. Okay? When we have a glimpse of the worth of God, when we are in an experience of His majesty, His greatness, we are left in awe. And our heartfelt response to this is, I adore you. I adore you. I love you. I worship you. I praise you. I exalt you. I, I bow before your worthiness, your greatness, your majesty. Listen to these words. Well, it's rooted in this. It's rooted in this. Adoration is always going to be rooted in these two things. Who is he and what has he done? Right? It's, it's, it's rooted in the character of God. Who is God? His essence, his attributes, his, uh, th- that which he is in all that he is, in all that he does. Everything God does reveals who he is. And that's purposeful. And we are to take both of these and consider who are you and how is it that you work? And in both we adore, right? Hmm. Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory. This is speaking to who he is and Lord of love. This is what he does, right? It's also who he is. What what he does is a a display of who he is. And it says this, and I I just love this, this, this little phrase, hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. This is the effect of God's glory meeting our lives. It is like a flower that unfolds before him in joy and worship an adoration. I brought my favorite plant. Uh, In my family, we refer to these shamrock plants with a more biblical name. Uh, Shamrock shamrock is is a little too wimpy for us. We call these prayer plants, okay? At nighttime, look at what he's doing. You see? The flowers, these flowers are still confused because of these lights. They don't really know what's going on. But these, these flowers, they're in prayer. See the folded petals? These petals will close all the way down. They'll fold their hands to pray. All night long, they pray. But in the morning at first light, when the light begins to come in the window, this plant opens in praise. Hearts unfold like flowers before. The the white flowers open wide open. And where are they pointing? They're looking to the light. They're opening to the sun above. Every morning I do my devotions, although not in the winter when it's dark still, but in the morning time when we get up and we're with the Lord, my prayer and praise plant is leading me in worship of the God who is. Who made that plant do that? God did. Who else noticed that? This guy, right? Hearts, my heart on. Holds like flowers opening to the sun above in adoration and joy. So if you don't have a, a, a prayer plant, you need one, okay? And I think we all should have one of these near where we do our devotions in the morning and let, let the Lord's creation lead us in his praise. Now, the second question I want to ask is, what is the connection between joy and adoration? Okay? They're not synonymous, but they're closely related. How is it that joy meets adoration? Well, here's what I would suggest from what has been my experience, and I think what I see in the Word, and also here in this song. Joy is both the fuel and the effect of adoration. It is the joy of, uh, of what I behold. That, that stirs me to praise, right? When I see something so worthy, when I see His glory, His, His excellency, His majesty, His love, when I am in, in witness of His greatness, I am stirred to joy. And that joy is both the fuel of my response, adoration. My heart unfolds like, like a flower. But it's more than that. It's also the effect of adoration. Because here's what I, what I find. When I release this joy, this praise, this, this overflowing delight in God, I am filled, satisfied with Him. I, I, I receive joy. As I express joy. Jonathan Edwards, the the Puritan writer, said we we delight to praise what we enjoy because our praise doesn't merely communicate or express our joy, but it it completes our joy. This is why when we are in awe, we say, hey, 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 come, praise with me, sing with me. Isn't he amazing? Let me tell you what he's done. Do you see him? Come unfold like a flower together with me and let's make much of him. Let's adore him joyfully. And so we come full of joy, doubly so, full of joy and full of joy again to adore him. How oxymoronic would it be to say this? In boredom, in boredom, we adore thee. You see the problem here, the disconnect? You see the role of joy? You see the the connection of adoration with that which we behold and then delight in? The measure of our joy is found in the weight of the worthiness of what we behold. Say it again. The measure of the joy in your heart in response is going to be rooted in the, the the greatness of that which you have beheld. If you receive news and it's just kind of, eh, okay news. Right? Yeah the, yeah, the Seahawks won. It wasn't that spectacular. We just kicked a bunch of field goals. You know, our kicker should have tackled the guy, but he went like this. And it's, yeah, it was It was a win. It was a win. Or... Yeah, well, the Seahawks beat what could be considered the strongest team in the NFL right now. We smoked them. That was awesome. Right? It's different, isn't it? When we behold the God of all glory, our response will not be, oh, that's good. You see what I'm saying? If that's your response, you haven't seen him. You have not tasted and seen that He is good. You have not experienced what it is like to behold the God of all of creation. For those who have, it is joyful, joyful. We adore Thee, God of glory. Lord of love. You make known to me the path of life In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what David saw. Every day I will bless you and praise you. Every day I'll praise your name forever and ever. I don't have enough days to finish this praise. That's how worthy you are. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You see the connection? You see the the worth and the worship? His greatness is unsearchable. One generation isn't enough. It's it's one generation shall commend to another generation. We need all the generations because that's how good he is. They will declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. I will what? I will bask, muse, pause, and ponder. This is what it means to be obsessed, overwhelmed, in awe and adoring the God of all glory. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Lord, drive the dark of doubt away. You're the giver of immortal gladness. I love that phrase. Fill us with the light of day. It's like we're pushing out the dark and saying, we're sick of this. We want you. We want all of you. We want your light completely. We just take it in. Immortal gladness versus sin and sadness. Who would choose? Anything but undying gladness. You see, God is not simply wanting worshipers who acknowledge him. He wants worshipers who are absolutely overwhelmed at his glory and his greatness. Immortal gladness, delighting, happy in God. Blessed is the man. All thy works with joy surround thee. Look at joy. All the, all the creation of God with joy surrounds him. Earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around you. Center of unbroken praise. The Lord has been the recipient of praise from when he created through all of eternity there will never be a day a moment where that praise is interrupted never why well because he is worthy field and forest vale and mountain flowery meadow flashing sea chanting bird and flowing fountain they're just calling you hey hey jeremy wake up i'm already open Do you see Him today? I'm singing His praise. Do you hear the song? Look at my flowers. Look where I'm trying to point you. They call us, friends. They call us to rejoice in Him. You know the word rejoice is not like the word repeat. The re doesn't mean again. If you track the the root of this word back, Re, and then joyce. So it's a French rooted word. The re was a strength. With strength, express your joy. That's what rejoice means. So when we say rejoice, we're talking strong praise. Creation calls us to strong praise, not yawn, ho oh hum, time card. Punch in, punch out. That's Christmas again, okay? Christmas carols. See what I mean? It's easy for us to fall prey to this. Creation says there's much more. Why? Because He is so much more. He's worthy. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims His handiwork. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it. Then all the trees of the forest shall sing for joy. There it is again, before the Lord. Trees are singing. For He comes. He comes to judge the earth. Lord, Thou art giving and forgiving. Ever blessing, ever blessed. You are the wellspring of the joy of living. And an ocean depth of happy rest. Ah, the poetry. The imagery. You are the wellspring of the reason I get out of bed in the morning. It's you. It's only you. And it's always you. It's you. It's always about you. And I preach that to my soul every day again and again and again. An ocean depth of happy rest. Ties in with what we explored yesterday on the peace of God. Limitless and unending joy is ours through Jesus Christ. If you are here tonight and you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you are missing the most satisfying reality you could ever imagine. repent of your sin, turn and trust Jesus as Savior and Lord, and you will know what it means to have joy. Limitless and unending joy. Thou, our Father, Christ, our brother, all who live in love are thine. Teach us how to love each other and lift us to the joy divine. You see the the community of the Trinity in view? You see the the mission of God's grace and love in view and the invitation into his love, both vertically and horizontally. You see our need to grow in this love and see our longing to realize a future where this love will be uninterrupted by any brokenness, pain, heartache, sin, darkness. That's our future. And it reminds us of this, we love because he first loved us. The understanding of love itself begins with Christ. The vision of one who would lay his life down to pay for our sins, to die the death that we deserve, to drink the full cup of wrath that we had stored up, he took it all friends, that's love. And then we're called to go and do the same to show that kind of love, self-sacrificing love for one another. Mortals join the happy chorus. Does it mean to be mortal? It means we're sinners. How, how, How can we join this happy chorus? Shouldn't it be that we are excluded and the song we sing quite unhappy? It should be but for God's grace. We are invited, sinners like you and me, are invited through the blood of Christ and His sacrifice to join in the song that is happy which the morning stars, the angels began. Father, love is reigning o'er us. Brother, love binds man to man. Ever singing, march we onward. Victors in the midst of strife what is our victory how is it in the midst of strife that we have victory i'll tell you joy that no circumstance can touch joy that is invincible in jesus a joy that, that life in all of its challenges cannot hinder death cannot pull down or diminish this joy and eternity is required to experience it. It's that kind of joy that is the victory we have in the midst of strife. Joyful music leads us sunward in the triumph song of life. You see the focus of our joy? The focus of our joy is Jesus. He is the radiance, He is the revelation, He is the gift of Christmas. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I was convicted by a struggle at times with Christmas music, partly because I don't always get the words, and partly because every Christmas they're always the same. And, and yet, look at the lyrics. We're singing. So join me in being ruthlessly, tenaciously, focused throughout these Christmas seasons to worship and adore with joy the God of all glory and the Lord of love. Let's pray. Father, I thank You so much for this just opportunity to just pause and consider this incredible song. Lord, thank You for the, the Spirit, Your Spirit, who, who stirred the author of this song, in 190, whatever it was 1901 or 1908, something like that, many years ago, to, to write such spectacular revelation of his heart in worship, such that he could, all of these years later, like this plant, point us to your praise and, and call us to rejoice in you and make much of you, to adore you with hearts filled with joy. It is our delight to join the happy chorus, to join with all of heaven and earth, with creation and and all that is already singing your praise. We join our voices now. We join to make much of you. We thank you for the gift that you've given in Jesus. And we, with joy, adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.